Greetings, everyone, and welcome to the 48th edition of Cinema Effect. I'm Zach, and I'm joined by my fellow Hans Zimmer appreciator, Jaden. G'day. Do you take note at all of, like, if I use the same nickname in a row a few times? Because um, I'm getting self-conscious. Like, uh, like a tad bit. Like, like, like it, it, it's like I, you've used Hans Zimmer appreciator for a few weeks in a row, have you, Junior? Yeah, because I just said it, and I feel like I haven't used number one hater in a bit. I did no, I think he might have actually, because didn't because we were discussing number two hater. Mm, yeah, that's true. I called he, I called Fitzy number two hater. Yeah, but you call yeah. me number one hater in that episode too or not? I don't know. Yeah, <laughs> uh, it's not that important. No, it's really not. It's really not. And John Cena, aka Fitzy, aka Liam. Hello, hello, hello. Well, everyone, this is Cinema Effect. It's a podcast where we review and talk about a different movie every single Monday. Find us on YouTube, find us on Spotify, find us all the places. Subscribe, let us know what you think, follow the Instagram page, great stuff there. You're missing out on amazing polls. We've got one, a bit of a teaser, we've got one coming up for you next week, so get excited for that. And we'd love you to submit your questions, thoughts, reviews for next week's film in the YouTube comments section. We always read out almost everything you have to say. Almost everything. You know, sometimes people write essays about irrelevant things. I'm like, I appreciate you, but whatever. This week, our specific question of the show is, what is your least favorite movie? That's it. We're not asking for a thesis this time. Don't worry. Just let us know what it is and why, if you would be so kind as well. But like in a few sentences, not three paragraphs. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you can write, yeah, you can write three paragraphs if you want, but I'll think a little less of you. Oh, of you, lesser of mm. you. Yeah, just a little. Mm. Just a little. Just a little. This week we're reviewing The Bourne Supremacy, which opened in the US on the 23rd of July, 2004. It was directed by Paul Greengrass this time, not Doug Lyman. The genre is spy thriller. And the synopsis this time reads, when Jason Bourne is framed for a CIA operation gone or awry, excuse me, not awry, that's not. It's not that word. He is forced to resume his former life as a trained assassin to survive. Neat. So I think we're all now officially right in the territory with these board films of uh, us having never seen any of them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, so that's exciting. That's exciting. Fitzy, you love The Born Identity. Tell me about your thoughts on its sequel. Um, I really enjoyed it. Um, I thought that it felt a little tiring at points but i felt like i don't know yeah the action was just great and it had the same kind of uh tone as the first one although maybe not as like um but i think it's good just because of like in terms of like the first one had that you know dichotomy of him learning about himself for the first time and also you see him like uh get to know that he has these abilities which was kind of fun to watch but i still think this was great this maybe had better action as well so yeah, I really enjoyed it. I definitely agree with that. How about you, Jaden? Um, yeah, I really liked it as well. I was, I was surprised because I like my in, in my head like I, for some reason I always thought that they they had to be a drop off in quality after the first one, but like I I, I genuinely enjoyed this one. It, it, it felt while the scale felt bigger, it felt a bit more self contained. If that makes any sense at all, but like um, I really enjoyed Bond's personal issues with this one about you know i think um i think damon did a better job in this one i think especially like in, in that scene where he's got like um where where, where he's uh talking to nikki like i, th- I think uh, that was great you know i think um 
I think it was pretty good. See yeah. where he was talking? So, interrogating, threatening, whatever you want to say. Oh, sure. <laughs> <laughs> I, know the, I know the scene you're talking about now. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> no, it was really good there. Um, I thought I thought this movie was awesome. And, like, I appreciate a lot about identity. You know, we, we talked about it a lot, but I it didn't fully come together for me. And I think the difference for me is that the story um, at the heart of this film is it's different in a way that I like. Like the, at the end of the day, I feel like what I took away from identity the most was that sure, there's cool thriller elements and Vaughn's a cool character and stuff, but it's sort of still this weird road trip with Vaughn and Marie just on the run. You know what I mean? That's sort of what it felt like a lot to me as we just go to different places and they sort of argue a lot and it's sort of awkward sometimes. Whereas this movie, the choice of spoiler alert, killing Marie immediately, you know, I, I, I liked it. Oh you know, yeah, I liked it a lot. I was actually I, I thought it was really cool. Oh really? That's yeah. A- I was actually like spoiled for that like a week ago, but so I'm, I'm happy that happened. That like at like the start of the film. Yeah, um, yeah, that was good. No, totally, totally. Like, oh, you only, you only got spoiled a week ago. Damn, that's. Oh yeah, I was like in like a YouTube, you know, YouTube clips or whatever title. Marie oh Dallas. yeah, oh. yeah, yeah, yeah. And I mean, seeing her die was. I didn't like it because I didn't like her. You know what I mean? It wasn't it wasn't that, I promise. But, you know, I didn't like her. But right. And by the way, can I just say that, like, how was she already annoying in the three minutes that she was in this movie? You know? You reckon? But, she's annoying. Yeah. Yeah, like, <laughs> when they're in the car the whole time and she just keeps saying constantly, are you sure it's them? Are you sure it's them? Yes, dickhead, it's them, all right? It's them. Right. Just trust him. You know what I mean? Anyway. Um, but she died. That was awesome. And then that sort of takes Born on this journey of it. The film actually feels like a real spy thriller now because it's, it's. I guess when I thought of the idea of what Born movies are meant to be, this is it because it's him by himself. He's a lone soldier. He's a, he's a killing machine and he's just a ghost. You know what I mean? And they, they always struggle to find him and all the sequences, all the action set pieces where they're tracking him on foot and he always just gets away. It's so, they're always so good. And I feel like we never quite got something like that in the first movie. We got the cool sniper scene. We got some cool car shit, which we got again uh, here. But yeah, man, I don't know. This felt like what this series can be, it achieving that peak of espionage cool shit for sure. So I get it now. Bourne's cool. I mean, I like this movie a lot. I agree with you, Fitzy. You said the action's a lot better. Yeah, it's just like, um, it just feels like faster and bigger, I guess, which is good. And like, yeah, there's just a lot of cool action pieces. Um, I thought like the car chase scene at first wasn't that interesting, but then you got to the part where he was, um, where he was like, you know, that guy was chasing, um, Adam, you know the Carl Australian Urban. guy, yeah, Carl Urban. Yeah. He was like chasing him, and then that that shit was awesome in Billy the tunnel, Butcher. in the tunnel when like the cars are like you know, they're like uh, swapping around and everything, and they're shooting each other. That was just that was great. Um, that was great. Wait, are like, you talking about because it is Carl Urban both times, the first or the second car chase? Oh, the second one. Oh yeah, yeah. Not the not the, not the start. Okay. The start is good as well, but I mean, yeah, the one in the yeah, tunnel. Yeah. And Carl like, Urban kicked Ozzy. Sorry. I thought it was Kiwi. Oh, is he? No. Oh, shit. I think you might be right. Or was he, is it one of those things where he was born in New Zealand? Like, is it a Russell Crowe thing? You know what I mean? Where he, he, sure, he's Kiwi, but he's not, you know. You got to find out. Um, 
Yeah, shout out to Carl Urban. He was great. I didn't expect him in this movie, naturally. He was a cool, like, foil, you know? Like, he's he's basically just, I don't know, evil born. Like, he doesn't, ha- he's got no character, but, yeah, but he's great, what that yeah. role was, it was cool. Yeah, yeah, totally. Yeah. It was like, um, I think, I didn't write it down, but in the trivia, it says something like, in the early versions of the script, referred to him as just born doppelganger or something. Oh, yeah, that's cool. It's just literally meant to be an anti-born, yeah. Right. No, I totally agree with you. I mean, I think the car chase, both of them are really cool. If I had to criticise the movie, I've only got like two sort of main criticisms of the movie. One of them is the fact that both the start and end big action set piece is a car chase with Carl Urban, and they're different enough, like very different environments. Um, Moscow's way longer and more ambitious, but... You know what I mean? They're still like the same thing at the end of the day. Right. Um, especially when the rest of the movie felt really diverse in its action set pieces. Like, I don't know. It, we had, would have liked some more variety. You know, if we had a cool, I don't know, sniper scene thrown oh, yeah. in there or a cool shootout or something just to mix it up, you know. But I can't complain too much. They're both really cool. He's Kiwi, by the way. Like He's Kiwi? Kiwi the, yeah. Full. Yeah. He moved, he moved to Bondi briefly, but. Mm. Mm. Right, so he gave us a shot and ditched us. Mm. Is that what happened? Pretty much. Okay, thanks, Carl. But hey, that no, that the car chase was super well edited. I thought, especially the first one. Noticed, uh, I noticed the fact that because a lot of the moves in it are sort of awkward. If you think about it, like they're sort of just driving in these really congested, tiny, like Indian streets, and. When they're and it's all done practically, you can tell. But when they're doing this and they're shooting it, you can imagine like they're driving really slowly and they're maneuvering really carefully. Like you can sort of just tell by based on what they're doing. Like the part when Bourne like breaks really quickly and turns into a side street. It's like he would have done that so carefully if when it was actually shot. But the way it's edited is cut together so frantically. Like the shots right. last like point fourth of a second. So yeah, it's like yeah, it yeah. constantly feels like it's like holy shit, like heart rate up, even though like what he's actually doing isn't that fast or anything. Yeah. Um, and yeah. That, and that's really for anything in the movie. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, I saw something. I think it was in a video or something. It's talking about how like apparently in the trilogy, like it just gets faster. The editors get faster as you go along, so it's like even faster in Ultimatum, oh. apparently. For, really? Like, for like shot or whatever. Yeah. Dude, I- I'm excited for that then because in retrospect, and I- that's I think. I want to say, you know, that's probably what Paul Greengrass brought to this film. Um, this film felt like it was directed with a different vision from Identity. Identity just didn't feel super fast to me and super frantic. Um, and it, like, like what you mentioned, Fitzy, with the edits, I'm glad to hear it gets even faster because I loved how fast it was here. But outside of just the edits, though, like everything being shot free cam and always like in any scene, in all like just dialogue exchanges, like always shot free cam, the, the the camera is often like zooming in to the person's face as they're talking. It makes it feel like a documentary. I don't know if you guys noticed this at all. Oh, yeah. I, I, I felt it. It felt intense. Hang on. I've got some, uh, shit, i got some trivia about it. Here we go. To give this movie its gritty documentary style appearance, director Paul Greengrass used mostly handheld cameras and a muted color palette. Definitely noticed that. Greenrass also made sure to avoid CG at all costs and all the stunts were achieved practically. Good on you, mate. You basically can't make a cool spy movie these days without doing that. Oh, this was only in 2004, so, but you know. 
we I think he definitely could have benefited from a steady cam in some cases. You think so? In some instances, like okay, okay, especially like in the action, like like uh, it seems like you really like how fast it all is, and but like yeah, some of the action really does need to take a step back and just like because it is a bit much and rather dizzying at points, like with how it just, with just how how quickly it it does go, and the fact that you don't have a steady shot and it's all just kind of a blur. Like I, I do, like I agree with you that most of it's pretty good, but then, then like there's there there are instances throughout where like a steady cam or like just like a wide shot or something and to like break it up could have been very good. In terms of like losing where you are in the scene, in terms of just helping the viewer watch it. You know? Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I get that. I get that. I mean, yeah, okay. No, I I can see that. Oh, there's definitely times for sure. Like don't get me wrong, where I was watching it and I had to like process for a second because it does move so fast um but for me yeah the experience overall benefit especially when i think back to identity which i'm going to keep doing apologies but overall for me the experience benefited from that more than it hindered it for sure but that's only talking in the action stuff like all the cia scenes when it's just and there's plenty of them um when what's his face tony abbott is talking to tony abbott the guy's name's abbott the cia the main dude the white-haired CIA dude from the first movie who's the, who killed himself. Oh, yeah. that right. Logan. Is, is, Abbott, is his right? first name actually Tony or just saying that, you know, just for a bit No, of no, his, his name is Abbott in the movie. Okay. I was called Tony Abbott. Right, yeah, right. So, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to cause confusion. I was, I was really confused for a second. I was like, when was that budgie smuggling wearing person in this? <laughs> yeah, I've got his name, so. I don't I don't know if I yeah. liked the um, the reveal that he was like, a baddie, though. I didn't think it was... It wasn't bad. It was just kind of, I don't know, just kind of an average kind of thing to throw in there, I guess. Um, Are you talking about the, 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 the moment when, like, the, I don't know, the intern or whatever, like, figures it out and then he, like, snaps his neck? Or no, I actually like that. I like when he killed him. But, like, I like that but just, like, the, um, the fact that he is revealed to be working with, you know, the, the Russians mm. or whatever. I don't know, it was fine. It just wasn't the best thing. Yeah. No, yeah, it's kind of tropey, I guess. It's kind of like, yeah, what other twist do you have sort of going in this movie? Yeah, and plus, like... I liked, from, I liked it. It's just like from the first one, he seemed like um, kind of an arsehole, but he's kind of like dedicated to the CIA, you know? They kind of seem like his character a bit. Oh. I feel like that like betrayed it a bit. Yeah. Yeah, no. I mean, I, I guess they sort of try to keep that continuity because they they do sort of make a big deal of the reason he turned is that he was loyal. For I mean, it's kind of vague, honestly. Like, yeah, I wouldn't mind this being fleshed out a little bit more. But yeah, I like. I like I'm kind of sad he died as well because I really like that that character. I don't know. He was just a cool dude, you know. Maybe it's because he's just yeah. the same actor from yeah. Succession, and I really like him in Succession. But yeah, uh, I just like yeah. him. In general, no, he's dead. So yeah, I mean, it, it was definitely elevated from that really cool scene at the end of the first movie. I, I like that scene a lot. And then he's just, yeah, no, he's oh, good. Yeah. He's got good presence on the screen. And then that other CIA, oh god, woman, what's her name? Landy. It's like yeah, Landy. Landy. Yeah, nailed it. Landy I liked her a lot too. I thought she was a cool addition. Oh yeah, she was good. Yeah. And their conversations and stuff, which sort of actually links us back to what I was getting at. All the conversations they have. Really well acted. Dialogue's really, really snappy. Really good. Um, 
And I just love, yeah, how it's always free cam. The camera's always at a distance, but zoomed in on their faces. Um, totally. What the, I'm so glad that I found the trivia they were going for documentary stuff because that's what I, I've already written that down before. And I feel like this is a documentary. Um, I didn't feel like I was watching, you know, CIA scenes in a movie as much, which is a huge compliment to, you know, having CIA scenes in your spy movie is the most, you know, generic shit you can possibly do. So it was cool visually, I thought. Why did um the guy that Bourne fought at the start, the other, you know, the other guy from Treadstone, like why did he decide to kill Bourne? Why did, why did he decide to fight Bourne there? Oh, the guy in his kitchen. Is that what yeah, you're talking about? Yeah, yeah. I don't know. Guy. I mean, I guess if you think about, I don't know, the information that he had about Bourne at the time, everyone knows Bourne's on the loose. Everyone thinks he's killed those German politicians. Oh, excuse oh, me. Yeah. The, the everyone Russian thinks he's like crazy, I guess. With the, yeah, does, does, doesn't he actually say, I called the police because I thought you were going to kill because you he was there to kill him or whatever? Yeah, yeah. He was oh, like, oh, like, oh, I thought you were going to kill me. But like, yeah, because so. he's saying sorry, I thought he was like, like, he knew he wasn't there to kill him, and then he decides to, like, fight him, like, try to kill him. Yeah, but he yeah, was probably, like, playing was... 5D chess in his head, and he's like, oh, if I say this, <laughs> yeah. I also, can I just say, I also love when, like, it's normally me, but in this case it was Fitzy when, like, I talk about, so why why did this happen in this scene? And then Jane just goes, doesn't, don't they literally say oh, that in yeah. scene? It's always Jaden. It's always Jaden. It's always Jaden, yeah. <laughs> I love it. I just don't, yeah, not paying enough attention, obviously. But man, I don't know. There's just so many. This movie, I need to do justice to people listening who haven't seen it, to just how fast it moves. It just never lets up. It's only an hour and 50 minutes long. Mm. It's a perfect runtime, terrifically paced film. Um, it's honestly might be like top five best paced action films I've ever seen. It's a total roller coaster blast the entire time, never oh, lets yeah. up. And as you just move to. Each seg- each sequence to the next, each city to the next, where you- this feels a bit more globe trotting than just hanging around Paris in identity. Um, yeah, 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 that's true for sure. Yeah, because we go to like, um, you know, we got Berlin, New York, Moscow, London, yeah, Moscow, yeah. Oh, and the India place, yeah, India. He's in Naples for a little bit. Yeah. Oh, sorry, Naples is what I meant, not London. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. He is there. Although we do see London, we see the London. They show like the London CIA headquarters, like the CIA in London, like a secret. Oh, they do too. Yeah, they do. Yeah. So yeah, I think and continuing the theme of this franchise doing cool stuff for the CIA and and secret, you know, intelligence organizations and stuff. I just love. I just think it's really cool that, and this movie constantly shows it how the CIA just have people. And I assume it's accurate to real life. I don't know, but I presume I would assume so. That the CIA genuinely just have people everywhere. Like that, I think at mm. one point Abbott just goes, "Born's in, born's going to Naples." All right, call whoever's there for us. And there's like presumably, oh, yeah. you know, secret agents just in every city. But isn't the CIA the actually isn't it an international agency? Like, isn't that the thing? Because isn't the FBI yeah. like internal, but then the the CIA is actually like external? So I mean, like, I, I, no, no, you're totally right. But I'm just saying, I, I it's just cool to me that like in literally everywhere there's agents, you know. It's not like I don't know. Hmm. Am I making any sense? I just think it's I just think it's cool. And but this movie always pays off on it, you know. And then when we get the friggin' lady from Nikki again, yeah, yeah, I thought it was cool to see her again. I did, and that's another thing. This movie keeps paying off characters from the first movie. I, I in the first movie, she was just like a side whatever character. Like I don't know, didn't think of her ever again. And 
I thought it was cool that she came back and she'll probably be back again. So, and she was played a much more pivotal role in the plot this time too. Had a cool scene with him. I feel like so far anyway, one set piece, one sequence that is the most born thing I can think of in terms of the thriller stuff and just how good Jason is and everything. It's the friggin' scene when he goes to meet her and it's the tram and get on the tram. He's not on the tram. He's off the tram. She gets off the tram. Like it's just the whole thing is amazing because they've got snipers up on different buildings. They've got people watching and they just can't keep up with him. And it's just, it's literally just a square like in a city and a tram. I thought that whole scene was awesome. And then the interrogation afterwards too. It's kind of funny, but it's also, it's kind of satisfying as well. That's how I kind of felt with the first one as well. Like, like they can never, you know, see him or get to him. It's like, oh. it's kind of a bit comedic, but it's also like it's fun to watch. Like, yeah, totally, totally. Yeah, uh, yeah, I agree with you. It, it could. I didn't think of funny. I guess in the sense that you're talking about, it is because, but I didn't find it funny because I'm just all in on the satisfying part as I'm watching, and I'm just at this point already bored in a thousand times over. Especially when we talked about in the last movie with Bourne's crazy skills, he can tell you how much everything weighs in any room he's ever been in. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. So like I, at that point with that information, I've bought in a hundred percent. This guy's a machine and he can just do whatever. So like maybe funny is the wrong word. I mean, it's just, it's just more like it's fun. It's, I don't know. It's fun to watch. <laughs> no, yeah. it's fun. <laughs> yeah, no, hundred percent. It's so fun to watch. Yeah. Um, that one's yeah, dude, just if you, if you, Anyone out there, if you're never going to watch the movie, just watch this five-minute scene on YouTube, I'm telling you. It, it's so well edited. Uh, it's like, on paper, if I can imagine writing the script of that scene and it's sort of being confusing of, like, where everyone is at different times and, the, you know, where characters are moving and sort of getting lost in that. But I ne- never felt lost in the scene. Um, and it, But it's that one. And then one that might be even better is the scene when he escapes the hotel escape from when he goes and visits the trauma site from his previous Berlin operation where he killed the Russian politician. They realize he's there. The CIA sort of surrounds the place and he gets out. Oh God, that shit was so good. Yeah. Jumping in front of the train. The train (laughs) was so good. He just like jumps in front of it last second. Yeah. 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 Well, yeah, like that sounds cool enough. All right. Jumps in front of the train at the last second, then jumps onto the boat perfectly timed and then pulls up from the boat back into the bridge. Mm. You know? Yeah. Like climbs up through the bridge. It was it was super, super fun. God. I've, I've, I feel happy that I'm gushing about this movie and this franchise now. Like I felt like I was a Debbie <laughs> Down the last time. Right. I'm like, I'm all in now. I'm excited about this. And just, just to continue with like what you're saying, I think like um, with the scene where he's got, when when he's like looking at the CIA operation in the building next next to him, like with the sniper, and like he, you know, she's like, and he's talking about how he needs to meet just just before that scene that you're talking about, like where he, how he's organizing the meeting, like it it it, it can so easily fall into be like being cliche or cringy or or like you know just like comedic, but like it's so well executed that like. You know, and it, it, it builds tension so well that, like, when he says, like, you know, when he delivers the she's right next to you line, it's just it's brilliant, you know? I think, like, I mean, it's, like, one of, like, my favorite moments. From, it's such a standout thing. You know? Yeah. And, like, it, it it has so many potential pitfalls, but, like, it, it, it just works. When they, um like, at the end of the scene, yeah. when they all look behind themselves at the same time <laughs> and the camera, like, zooms in on their faces, 
That shit and they is all look, they're all looking at the right spot. Too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, that's hilarious. <laughs> so good. Oh, I'm so glad you pointed that out, dude. It was so. It was amazing. It was so good, and it's like, yeah, 100. percent Such the obvious thing to do, but I, I laughed. I laughed out loud in the best way possible. Not, I'm not, not ironically yeah. in any way. Like, I'm like, dude, that was sick. And then they have the balls to do it again at the end of the movie, and it's not any. Oh worse. yeah, the ending was so good. <laughs> I love that. Um, yeah. And then the cut to the same music they use at the end um, of uh, identity extreme ways. Yeah. God, that that music's sick too. That is that's not yeah. Is that an actual song? It's not score. Yeah, it's by Murby or something. Okay. Yeah. That was cool. That was yeah. cool. Especially compared to I mean, I just like the ending so much more anyway, because like I, I mentioned I can't really buy into Bourne and Marie's relationship that much. So the end of the first movie being they get to celebrate their time in a in Greece. Right. I'm like, okay, cool, but I'm just sort of shrugging my shoulders, neat. The end of this movie though. We get the, the coolest scene ever replicated, the sick music again, and like Bourne walking into the crowd becoming anonymous. And I feel like that's him becoming what my idea of Jason Bourne is. Like he's just, he's a ghost and he just becomes a ghost. And I'm like, that's, it's awesome. I love it. I just think, even, like, even just before that, like, I just think the emotional payoff of this movie is so much better. And like, like, you know, him, him going to meet the, the, the daughter of the politician or whatever. And, totally. and like it's it's just uh, it, it kind of goes in hand with like w- what I feel like is better acting in this one. But like you know, it, it just feels like the emotional core. I mean, like you know, it's an action movie, so I don't really need that much. I mean, like, I don't expect that much emotion, but like it, 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 it delivers so well. I think Damon's performance is really great. Like you know, I think it was fine in the first one, but I think he really excelled in this one. And um, yeah, I yeah. think I think like that that con- that confrontation at the end with the daughter is like really really top tier shit. Yeah, no, I agree. At first, I thought it was weird because they didn't they didn't make clear at all at first why he was going to Moscow. I was like, what the? At first, I just sort of thought like it didn't make any sense because he doesn't know who Carl Urban is. But I thought, is he just going to Moscow to kill Carl Urban? I didn't I didn't really get it. Oh yeah, that's kind um, of what I thought. Yeah. It's, and then the scene sort of, but then he, he we realize he's going after the daughter. I'm like, okay, why are you doing this? And the, but so for the whole car chase, even though I liked the car chase, like I mentioned, it felt. I wish it were something different because we got that at the start still. But the whole time I'm like, okay, this is cool. I still don't really understand why you're here, Bourne. But the sit-down justified it, you know. I, I was scared it wasn't going to. I was scared. This is a weird third-act plot point to throw in there. Um, but it totally did because – and it felt true to his character, you know. The whole – especially consistent with the Bourne identity and Bourne as a character that, to this point is his whole purpose – you know, in his new life post amnesia, has been finding the truth, finding his identity, and how much he values the truth. You know, and that's literally he struggles with that this whole movie too, with him not being able to figure out what the Berlin operation was and having nightmares about it and stuff. So, you know, him finding that truth for himself about his past, he feels the need when he has such a close connection to the daughter. He knows what he did to her parents. He feels the need to give that same gift to someone else who who, who needs it, hmm. you know. Really cool thematically, I think. I was actually, I thought he was going for the daughter of the Russian dude who, like, with the oil guy. I thought he was going to, like, kidnap, you know, oh. like the one who hires Carl Urban. Yeah. But that's a me fault because they actually do explain that he's going to the daughter of 
Like, I forget the name, but you know, the guy he killed and, and the, oh, his yeah. wife. What was, it? was it Nesky or something? Can, can, can... It was something Ski. Oh, yeah. Like Nesky or something. Nesky. No, Nesky. Nesky was, the, was the new one, wasn't he? Or was that the other one? No, no, yeah. I think it was Nes- I think it was the politician. I'm not going to lie. I did get confused a few times because both of them, both incidents that incite Bourne's journey are murders in Berlin. But they're oh, terrible. yeah, yeah, yeah. That was kind of weird. So I did get confused a few times of like, it took me till probably two thirds of the way through the movie to 100% understand that the Nesky person was the first one. Mm. But yeah, man. I mean, we touched on the ending and the Jan mentioned the emotional payoff of it. But to get into specifics, like her offering Bourne his real name and his real identity and him turning it down. Oh, yeah, yeah. That was cool. sick. David Webb, is that it? Like, David I, Webb. I, I totally yeah. forgot that, like, Jason Bourne's just, like, a, you know, like a code name or whatever. Mm. Or we don't, actually, we, don't, we don't actually know in the Bourne identity because he's given all these passports and stuff that could be, you know, it could be from anywhere, it could be anyone. So, like, yeah. hearing his name is kind of satisfying and then, you know, you expect yeah. to see his, like, some kind of, um, like, triumphant, like, happy reaction or something. You're just like, yeah, whatever. I don't care. Totally. So that was pretty cool. Uh, yeah, it's it sort of, in some ways, it would have been cool as like a trilogy ending moment, you know? Oh, yeah. But it's I'm not complaining, you know? I just, like, as a moment of him finding his identity, because it is like a what people would, uh, I guess, speculate, the idea that some people thought that James Bond was, a, was an alias, not a real name, but that is what Jason, you know what I mean? That's what Jason Bond is. It, James Bond is actually the person's name, apparently. Oh, is- you know? I just realized they're both JB, James Bond, Jason Vaughn. Yeah, funny. that's definitely not a coincidence, right? Surely not. I don't know. It might I mean, the, they're based on novels, right? I guess the novel writer would have based mm-hmm. it on the Bond. Yeah. Apparently the novels are like really different to the movies. Yeah. So I don't yeah. know where they would go to be different, but yeah. Trivia. This time, Tony Gilroy, who I believe he wrote all these movies, I think. Um, last time I mentioned he didn't read Identity at all. This time he did read Supremacy, but then changed it more, hmm. you know, from the outline he knew of Identity. So, yeah, these you know, these movies are totally different. He's just doing his own thing with this. Okay. He keeps the cool titles. Oh, yeah. Oh, that's why I feel like, okay, what's the cooler name, Jason Bourne or James Bond? Bond's oh, cooler to you, yeah? yeah? Jason Bourne, I don't know. It just sounds... Mm. It's a really tough question. Jason Bourne sounds James really Bond cool. is like, uh, I feel like it's too, it's too known. It's like, it's known as cool. So it's not as cool. That's yeah, James cool. Bond. Uh, I don't know. Yeah, we'll have to do I don't know. I can't name. even choose. I don't know why. I just, I felt like it was a question that had to be asked with the two names coming up. Because mm. they're both awesome. But what about uh, Ethan Hunt? Where's that, where's that stuck up? Oh, that's cool too. Oh, um... Wait, the real, okay, who would win though is a real question. That's such a cringe question. <laughs> it is a really cringe question. But who would win? Who would win out of the Hulk and Darth Vader? Mm. <laughs> all right, hang on. But I feel like I've got to play it. Mm. I mean, they're all the same, aren't they? Are they just the same person? Like, don't they have the same skills and abilities? Mm-hmm. You know? Like, what, what could Tom Cruise do? Oh, excuse me, Ethan Hunt. What can he? I feel like Tom Cruise may as well just be his character's name. What can he do? 
I mean, Ethan, Ethan Hunt uses like tricks more, you know, like the masks and everything, <laughs> and he gets like up and close and personal with the, with the with the baddies. Jason Bond just kind yeah. of stays at a different uh, at a distance and is stealth. Like James Bond and Ethan, they're kind mm. of similar in that way. They get close to the baddies, you get to know the baddies. They trick them somehow, or they whatever. The mask is a great point. No one else has those. And but mm. and Jason Bourne's very resourceful. Like he always uses real world devices and shit. Like the when he like yeah pulls out does that thing with the SIM card. He, he's resourceful and he's not even with an agency. You know they're with agencies and they're less resourceful. What do you mean? Haven't you? Totally. What about the, the end of Skyfall when like Bond has to like rig up his mansion? Like this sounds uh, fucking no, fanboy and cringe. Oh, but, um, <laughs> oh, we're all fanboy. This yeah. is just all fanboy. This um, episode, I've been but, you know, like when he like um, you know, like when he like puts the nails in the light bulbs and yeah. like does all that shit. You know, that's fair. But, but I think you're right. They're, they're all like, the same because we don't really get to see that side of him as much. But Skyfall. But I would argue that, like, while I appreciate Bond doing that in Skyfall, and I would never be able to do that like the way he does and stuff. It's also very, and I know it's like the idea. It's also it's very Home Alone in the sense of. You've got X amount of time to prepare your home, set up the set up the mines, set up the you know the the traps and shit, as opposed to born like being under constant pressure, and just keeps moving, keeps grabbing shit while he's moving. You know what I mean? The way he's like yeah. driving places and constantly like messing with his phone to make sure he's hearing the right person at the right time. Oh, yeah. The whole thing, I can't believe I haven't mentioned this. The whole thing about how he gets into the hotel. Oh no, excuse me, sorry. How he finds out about where. Oh, Landy. Landy, what's her name again? Thank you. Landy, is it? Oh, yeah, yeah, Pam. That's it. Where she's staying? That was that was a, that was killer. I love that. Just every every evolution of it. The part where like after he after he like um uh like fights that guy at the airport or whatever, and he like gets in his car, changes the plate, and then like listens in on him. You know, and yeah, why did you say spare plates with him though? Like, did he like? Like was that like? Oh yeah, it's just one of those things that all spies have in their backpack: spare plates. Yeah. Other, I don't know, guns. What else do they have? Sim card special? reader, apparently. Sim card oh, yeah, reader. Like yeah. Friends. Yeah. That was cool. I mean, I would say the scores on the same level as the first one. Would you, Jaden? Did it more? Do you think it beats it out or not, or is it just kind of no. same stuff? Because I still liked it. No, I felt pretty. At least in the first one, I took I took note of like certain sequences where 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 it, where it popped for me. But in in this one, it kind of just all, you know. I think it, it, it was there. Yeah, it was it was there to service the plot. I mean, you know, the film and just enhance it and like that. I don't think it did its job there. But there was there wasn't really anything standouty. Standouty. How fuck dumb am I? Standout. Standouty. Yeah, standouty. I actually love that. I'm going to use that more because <laughs> it, it's perfect. It's, you know, I know exactly what you mean. Yeah, I agree with you. I still think it's cool, but mm, yeah, yeah, nothing, nothing beats the end song, and that's not score. So, no, yeah, it was pretty similar. I thought, yeah. Although I guess it fits this one more because it's like it's very like as you said, this one is focuses like more on the CIA. The the other one was like more you know the road trip in Paris and everything, and the score is very like kind of you know like tech like kind of technical like kind of. I don't know, electronic, technical, kind of like modern kind of thing. Like kind of fits more that CIA style than the, you know, the road trip mm. thing. Yeah. Kind of, kind of blend yeah. into the film better, I guess. Yeah. 
Oh yeah, I guess we can kind of touch on the hand-to-hand combat a little bit. I mean, we oh, we already mentioned the kitchen scene, but here you go. Matt Damon accidentally knocked out Tim Griffin, uh, who he's the dude who played that CIA interrogator. I don't oh, give a no. shit about the interrogator's name. Like, says his name here. I don't give a shit. He was just like in one scene. During the scene uh, in the airport there, you know, when Bourne takes him out and the security guard with him actually knocked him out. So that's nuts. One fr- complaint I have with the franchise that I need to see more of. Again, exactly like Identity, I feel like I'm repeating myself. That scene in Identity where Bourne takes out the two dudes while he's sitting on the bench at night, loved, love that. The scene here when he takes out the dude in the airport, love that. Like the way it's just the edit sped up, super cool. I need to see more of this. I want to see this oh, expanded. Right. Yeah. You know, it could, because... We get the hand-to-hand kitchen scene later, and it's cool enough. It's fine. It's my least favorite action set piece in the movie. Um, the sound design's better. I don't want to harp on that again. But I want to see this because the, they've established that this is something that these movies are doing. I haven't really seen this done in any other spy film, you know, the, the really specific sped-up hand movements in taking dudes out. I want to see more of it. I really hope in Ultimatum, I mean, I guess maybe down the road, but Ultimatum is probably my best chance in terms of being the original trilogy. Um, mm. I want to see it expanded a little bit more. I want to see an actual one-minute sequence using that technique. Right, yeah, because they do it so well and then it's kind of underused. Like, he's usually at a distance yeah. or it's like car chase scenes. and Yeah. Yeah, you're right, yeah. But I feel like if yeah, they exactly. were to... If they were to include more of it, it'd have to be in one instance, like you're saying, a one-minute scene. Like, because you can't. I feel like if you were to repeat like twenty-second segments, you know, multiple times throughout the film, I think you'd oversaturate and just make it a bit cliche, pretty fast. You know, I think it. it, it, I don't think it's something that can be overused. You know. Oh yeah. No, that's fair. That's fair. I'm not disagreeing with you there, but I all I want is just yeah, a little bit more. You know, because we're at the point there where that would be oversaturating. I agree. But right now we're undersaturated, huge. I want to. I want it to be saturated. saturated. I, want, I want to get. <laughs> I want to get yeah. something from it. You know, I want to get a cool scene I can look at and go. They they did it. Yeah. Final verdicts. Give me your score, Fitzy. When that last scene happened, and you know we get like the awesome songs playing again, and we get the uh, her looking out the window was like was a nine, and I kind of thought. Okay, maybe it's not that good when I was like thinking about it and like thinking about maybe some of the film's weaknesses, but I don't know. I think I'll stick with a nine because it's just, I don't know, it's an awesome film. The action is just great and it's just so satisfying and fun. So, yeah, nine out of ten. Eight out of ten for me. Um, not that I disagree with anything like that. I, it seems like I think the same level about it as, as you guys, but it just, you know, now it is. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I felt a little bit less gushing coming from you, you know? I was going to go with an eight too, but I've just been I've ta- I've done nothing but praise this movie. I had w- one real criticism. I'll do it. I'll go with a nine too. This movie's awesome. Perfect. Watch this movie. Yeah, and I'm so glad because I was concerned after Identity that it wasn't going to click for me, and it already has. And now my next concern it evolves is that it's only going to go downhill. Like Ultimatum, I'm hopeful for because I know it's like in this trilogy. But then once we get beyond that. I'm a bit scared, but we'll see. Mm. I haven't heard anything, but just knowing like how far apart they are and Yeah, I'm not really looking forward to last year, but I'm looking forward to Ultimatum. 
Yeah. Yeah. And just the the title, the Born Ultimatum, like says something that they're gonna. I feel it's gonna have a cool ending story wise. Like. All right, let's get into news chat. Uh, first up, we got a trailer from Luca. For Luca, sorry. This is a Disney animated film. I'm basically speaking out of my ass because all I know about it is what we talked about like months ago about it, right? When they announced it? Yeah, when like they dropped a poster. That's right. Tell me about this trailer. It, it, it just seems like traditional Pixar. Is it Pixar? Who knows? Um, I don't think it is. No? Is it? Oh, shit, maybe it is. I think it is. Oh, no. Yeah, it's Pixar. Wow, but you know, it, it, like, um, I think like like when it first dropped and like the like the when when the poster dropped and like the the the, the synopsis for it, people were like saying it just it just sounds like a animated corner by your name, which would be a bit weird coming from Pixar, but you know, yeah. um, but you know they they have their twist on it. I mean, like you know, they're revealed to be fish boys, and then you know it's, it, but it's it's you know, it's, wait, what? They're they 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 mermaids. Oh, is is well, it, like everyone? No, just the two boys. Are they living in like our society? Yeah, you know, like how in H two O just add water. Like if they get wet, they turn into a mermaid. It's the same thing where if they get wet, they turn into a mermaid, and they're living in a town that hates mermaids. So like they have to hide who they are, and it's it's, it's very obvious analogy gotcha. for being gay or whatever it is, and and and, and, and for being for being anything, yeah, yeah, and, and like I'm like that uh, it you know, it, I mean, it seems fine. You know, I mean, it's, it's a it's a one minute thirty trailer. There's not really too much you can tell, but yeah. Okay. <laughs> I can't get over H two O. Just that water. <laughs> That's a good show. I love that. It's, I like it too. I don't know. I don't really know. I can't remember anything about it other than like it was three like three chicks. Were they high schoolers? I don't know. Can't remember. I think one of them worked to see World though. So. Did they really? That's so yeah. great. Actually, hold on. Wait. How All could right. They, how could they have done that? Yeah. No, I'm, I'm pretty sure they did that. I'm pretty sure like that was part of the dilemma. Like, like she right. there and she like she'd get wet at oh, like that, and you know. How do I feel like supporting, capturing these dolphins? I could talk to. <laughs> I don't think they can talk to them. <laughs> oh, can they not? No, I don't think so. Can they just swim fast? Is that all they? Like, yeah. what does a mermaid mean, really? Fish legs. I don't know. Fish. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you swim. Yeah. yeah. Amazing. All right, so. We got Avatar Studios. Jane, did you, is Nickelodeon establishing this? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's 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 actually coming from Nickelodeon. Like it's it's a separate studio dedicated to only producing Avatar content. And I guess like they have Netflix to thank for that because you know ever since they added yeah. Netflix and um, Avatar to Netflix, its popularity just resurged and like skyrocketed. So revived the series, brought a lot more attention to like the Legend of Korra and stuff. So like um. And I guess like they they've generated enough interest now that they can open up a you know a dedicated studio to producing this content. Yeah, as someone who's not a huge fan yet, like this sounds exciting. You know, like, I can imagine for the for for something I really like, like Star Wars is a bad example because there's like eighty Star Wars shows coming. But in a universe where Star Wars shit wasn't being made, and they announced Star Wars studio. Uh, animated studios, and they're making like three shows. I'd be very excited about this. Yeah, cause, yeah, because that's the thing. Because like. Outside of the two series, all we, all, all, you know, all we've had is like you know a bunch of comics, and like the comics aren't exactly the most successful thing. Because I mean, like I, you know, I like I'm not I, like um, you no, know, I'm not acknowledge the last airbender. <laughs> no, fuck no, no one ever thought it was just that. <laughs> um, 
but like you know, so like it, it's not like the the story that they have been creating post the series. Uh, they're not overly accessible. Whereas at least this, you know, is back to its original medium. So hopefully, it can mm. do stuff. Are you expecting like a sequel show? Like, can we get so Core is already a sequel show, right? So can we get um, anything really, right? Like, can you do prequel shit? Can you do? Yeah, I mean, like the it's you know they're, they're not really limited by anything at all. I mean, like they can go yeah. as far they can go they can do the next Avatar, they can do the last Avatar, they can do whatever they need. I think a lot of people like um, Avatar Kyoshi, who was the one two Avatars ago, I think it was um, from Aang. So like, um, I wouldn't be surprised if there's a show about her. But there's also, like, they're going to do shows, shorts, and movies. So even if it's not a full show about this oh. character, they're going to do, I wouldn't be surprised if we see, like, a short or a film dedicated to them. Right. Well, that's that's really cool because, like, one thing that, or the main thing, really, that really draws me into Avatar is the fact that it reminds me a lot of Star Wars in terms of not only just, like, the obvious comparisons of, like, the, the Fire Nation, like the dark side or whatever, but like, and they have hand powers. But outside of that, like in terms of being so expansive of lore and world building that you can sort of just do anything in it, you know, I think that's cool. But I assume then these people, because there is that live action Netflix show too, isn't there? Yeah, but I mean, I don't think anyone's really holding out for that. And no one's planning for it to be that great. I mean, like, why would you when you already have, you've got Avatar, it's sitting right there on Netflix. Yeah, you know? I know. Jane, do you want to? I'll leave it all to you because I, I I know nothing about this. Do you want to do a in memoriam to Daft Punk? Yeah, I mean, it's up to you. Because like, I mean, like I could gush about them for hours. You know how Fisher was talking about we could go for two hours. Like I can go for two hours. Um, that sounds like Patreon content. <laughs> yeah. No, it's 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 soul shattering. It's heartbreaking. It, you know, it, it it hurts. I mean, like it's you know, it's it's you know, I mean, like. 28 years in a prolific career it's it's you know it's good for them to retire if, if, if they're done with it but like um it's such a shame and like the video they, they released like epilogue to to, to announce is you know it, 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 it's a tearjerker because like it's like once again it, it tells such a clear story through like just visual through like just through visuals and like that's what they are masters of just visual storytelling you know and you, you see that um Guy has a desire to go on, but Thomas wants to stop, and like you know, they have to trigger the end, and then like Guy walks off into the. It, it, it's it's so brilliant, you know, and like it's like you know, while this is music news, it is really like large news that affects like you know all art industries, whether it, whether it be film or just still still image or whatever. Pop culture. Because, yeah, because they they are pioneers of more than just music, because like um their project Interstellar five 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 I think it's four fives. Um, <laughs> Um, you know, it was it's it's a, an absolutely amazing amalgamation of you know electronic music and anime, and like it's 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 quite often it's just described as an album visualizer, which I guess it you know in, in its most basic terms it is, but like it's so much more than that, and it, it's truly brilliant, and like they truly are fantastic, and like you know even like their soundtrack work as well in in terms of film like with Tron and like. You know, I'll, I mean, we're hoping for another soundtrack, and especially because we've got news about from from about Black Glasses, but I, I don't know what's happening with that. But like, you know, so like, you know, Daft Punk retiring sucks, sucks bad. But you know, they had a great career, and you know, they leave behind a good legacy. I'm actually surprised that it's that they were there 28 years because like, they must be like. In their late forties or something, right? 
Yeah, they're like 46 and 47. Right, mm-hmm. so they've been around for like a while. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because I always thought of like them of just like really like a modern, you know, 2000s band, but like, mm. I guess. Yeah. yeah, I mean, like, they, they were the sound of the future, you know, they, they, they brought electronic music to the mainstream more than what most other people did, you know. And you, you'll be hard pressed to find a producer or a DJ that hasn't been influenced or touched by them in some way. I mean, like, yeah, this news sucked. I mean, like, it, it's very touching and great for them, but like, yeah, I really encourage everyone to go watch Epilogue. It's um, even if you haven't been that involved in them, you know, it's 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 a good little piece. So yeah, what this so there's nothing after this. Is that it? It's done. Well, it 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 feels weird to announce an Epilogue without a final chapter. You know, it, it's been seven, mm. nearly eight years since they've produced original music. So oh right, yeah. You yeah. know, I I I feel like. I feel like they are going to retire this year, but I wouldn't be surprised if they do drop a final album and this was done to generate attention and hype around it. But like this, this uh, they're for sure done. Like you know, I wouldn't, I wouldn't be, I wouldn't be yeah. expecting more from them. But like apart from one last album, one last time, yeah. you know, yeah, you yeah. don't know because you don't know the songs, but yeah. <laughs> oh, okay, yeah, right, was, right. Yeah, was, yeah. And I didn't get that reference, but just the concept of them shadow dropping an album and like giving fans that hype that'd be like i know nothing about it but that would be just hot that'd be sick i'd be excited just for the concept of that hmm. all right now it's time to get to our highlights of the week Jaden, what have you been watching um don't ask liam it's i can sure sure um... future zach future zach cut that Liam, what have you been watching? Raging Bull is my highlight. Um, I actually started it like a couple of months ago. Like, watched first half an hour, then kind of forgot about it. And uh, but um, no, it's great. It's like kind of short, shorter for Scorsese film, which is like, you know, it's not like a crime epic or anything. It's just kind of a a drama. Um, and I guess it's viewed as a sports film, but there really isn't that much. Um, it's not really about boxing or anything it's just kind of a character study character film about um jake lamotta very kind of like aggressive and kind of insecure person it's just kind of about how you know his own uh, demons you know catches up to him and stuff and it's great um it's kind of like uh reminds me of taxi driver but just kind of like i don't know the poetic visuals and score and everything and it all just comes together really well so yeah this is going to sound like a really ignorant question but obviously i know about this movie is it i just see it and i just i just see rocky no it's nothing it's nothing like rocky okay okay nothing like rocky it it, because it's kind of the opposite in a way because you know rocky is about a guy who's struggling with all his problems and coming through at the end is kind of just about a destructive character and his life and kind of just him ruining his life in a way and yeah oh okay okay so it's kind right of, yeah i love okay. it every time oh, that's cool like he's in the ring and there's like that dolly zoom on like i like him or like his opponent it was just so, oh yeah. So great. yeah yeah camera work in this film was yeah, amazing yeah 
I would highly recommend it pretty much to anyone. I mean, I think it's very kind of easy to watch, accessible as well. So, yeah. I will interject and say that last night I watched this movie called Greenland. It's an Amazon Prime movie. But I'm not sure. I don't know if others have experienced this, but I, I presume so. It's also probably better known of being the movie that's, you know, destroyed your YouTube ads. I don't know if anyone else has experienced it, or the social media ads. No. I get this I get this one a lot. No? No. Oh, weird. Okay. Never mind. I guess they I guess they know uh, I like generic disaster movies and like, yeah, it's exactly targeting it's target. you. Yeah. yeah, totally, totally. But you got you got Gerard Butler and he's gets to keep his accent, which was surprising to me. It's like there's zero reason for him to keep his accent, by the way. There's like he's just American. He like lives in America, American father, most generic structure premise for this type of film ever an asteroid is going to come and destroy the earth in 48 hours that is it right but not only is it generic in that way every single trope even like plenty of movies we've covered on this show like you got war of the worlds even knowing like the same tropes in terms of you follow a father probably like in his 40s who's got a young kid slash kids and his wife in this case his wife has left him but it's either always, and it's God, Sharknado is the same. It's either always the wife has left them or the wife's dead. So it's always just like mm. him and the kids. It's literally the same thing. It's funny. Um, but I, I enjoyed it, man. It, it's cool. You know, it's the CG is pretty bad at points. It's also pretty good at points, which is like funny. Um, but yeah, you know, it's generic. You know what you're going to get. You can probably predict the movie pretty accurately. I, I say that in terms of the final result, but I was actually pretty surprised. The first act was pretty, actually had some twists in it. Like in terms of, I didn't expect this to happen, then this and, you know, um, that is how twists work. But, but yeah, I don't know. Maybe check it out if you're into like, just chuck it on. I especially appreciate it. I haven't watched a movie in a little while. So I appreciate it just, or at least for leisure. I don't care. Watching movies for this show is a chore, obviously, because I hated the Bourne <laughs> supremacy. But, yeah, no, I enjoyed it. It was cool. Uh, cool. Jaden, now is your time. Um, I watched yesterday the um the, yeah. the 2019 movie about the Beatles not existing. Um, I was surprised by how much I loved it. I mean, like, like going in, like you know, I was attached. Like, like uh, I think Danny Boyle was great. I've only seen 20 days later, but you know, I loved it for that. Oh, I'm transforming, I guess. So, like, going in, like I was, I was only like mainly watching it for. Danny Boyle, because I didn't give a shit about the Beatles, but like this movie turned me into a fan of the Beatles. Um, <laughs> Wait, you're not a fan? I thought you were like a massive fan of the Beatles. Nah, prior what? to this movie, I thought that Alan and Rigby was like their only good song, and like oh. everything else was like okay, in fourth tier. <laughs> right. um, I'm not a huge fan either. <laughs> yeah, that doesn't surprise me though. <laughs> I don't dislike them. Yeah. Um, but it's great. It's 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 a cute little story. I mean, it's it's interesting concept. I mean, like. You just wipe yeah. the Beatles off, you know, and like the effects of that. But like, you know, it's you know, like like what you think you're going to get for the movie, you, you pretty much do get. Like, um, I'm glad they took the path they did, because because like watching from the trailers, I thought there was going to be like a dull end where like he's no, oh, like, I can't talk. Don't you know, it's I don't want to spoil it. But you know, there, there was a potential path that we went, that um I was hoping they didn't take, and they didn't. So I was pretty happy with that. But like um, it's 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 just so well performed and acting. Is it's really like heartwarming and just touching and you know it's nice to see 
Yeah, no, it is that. I mean, I just like the concept of movies doing the thing where it's like X has doesn't exist in this universe. And I like how the movie does it with other things too. Like you sent Coke one of them. Yeah. I think. I just think like I it's... That was funny. I mean, like, 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 it's just interesting how much of an impact they think the Beatles would have. Because, I mean, like, if the Beatles were to pop today, I mean, like, they wouldn't make too much of a wave. I, I really don't think so. It's like, the way, like, they're emphasizing on, like, him, like, being, like, the new Mozart or whatever, like, you know, I think I think that's wrong. But, like, you know, it's cool to see in the movie. And, like, you know, like, when a character... scoffs. One of the characters says, like, you know, a word without the Beatles is, is one that's worse off. I mean, like, you know, it's... It's one less life beater in the world, so I mean. <laughs> Jesus Christ. I mean, I don't know. I don't know. I, I, I don't want to go far too down the, the time paradox questions, but I mean, like, would it be that different, you know? Would anyone? I mean, you wouldn't have the music that's like, uh, I don't know. No, like. It, it, Defines it, it a generation. Would, yeah, no, yeah. It, it, it would be. Because, like, <laughs> I think it's a similar thing to Daft Punk where, like, you know, most musicians have been touched or influenced by it the Beatles, yeah. you know, yeah. and the sounds are like, you wouldn't have so many artists and like, as a consequence, you wouldn't have so many things, you know. Yeah. So like, it, there definitely would be like, quite a significant impact. I mean, the most famous artists of all time, really, so. I've seen like, yeah, probably three quarters of that movie. I've seen like, the first half and then like, clips from like. Why, why do you have such a strange like. <laughs> Dude, I, I quit movies all the time. I don't know. I don't, yeah. I'm sorry. <laughs> That's so funny. Have you seen all the parts where Ed Sheeran's a cocky bastard? Yeah, I, I, I love Ed Sheeran in this movie. Yeah, he, he I think he's, he, he's yeah, he's great. Yeah, yeah, he's totally great. Yeah, I loved all that stuff. I feel like um, I was really, like apparently it was meant to be like originally be Chris Martin, but he couldn't do it due to like scheduling conflicts. But like, I think Ed Sheeran works so much better. Now, Chris Martin actually would have probably done like a pretty good job because like he he does have like that jovial like attitude as well. Yes, um, but I think Ed Sheeran like works really well. Especially for this generation. Like, had it been 10 years ago, yeah, Martin would have worked. Yeah. But I think for the modern, then yeah. Yeah, no, totally, totally. Ned Sheeran sort of feels like, I know, more in the, oh God, I'm speaking out of mass whenever I talk about music, but feels more in the vein of the Beatles than Chris Martin does, you know? Am I speaking out of mass there, do you reckon? A little. A little. <laughs> Fair enough. Um, no, I think you're right, yeah. No, it's... Mm. I, the fact look, you have to think about in, it probably isn't. In a, in a very general sense, I agree with you, but like, you know, because like, mm. yeah, but like, uh, you know, I mean, like, it's fucking minor margins, you know. Wait, okay, oh god, I can't. Chris Mann's the Coldplay guy, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Thank God. Okay, so I was worried I actually got that wrong for a second. Yeah, yeah, no, nah, cool. Well, Coldplay's like way better than Ed Sheeran, though. Oh yeah, I mean Ed Sheeran's good. Obviously. I like Ed Sheeran, but obviously, yeah. <laughs> Now we hand the show over to you with our question of the show, audience. Last week we asked you, oh, well, the last two weeks, really, isn't it? We asked you how you feel about reality TV programs. Andy said, I just dislike the fact that reality shows are even brought up with a question of a week, so I'll Ooh. make this quick and snappy. <laughs> it's stupid, brainless, and annoying ways to get fame through these reality shows because more of them are full of talentless people. Take Love Island, for example. And Luke said, I mean, Love yeah, Love Island's definitely... Love Island's like the most extreme example ever, so that's fair. Luke says, reality TV shows are trash. Some people find them appealing. Normal people find them trash. <laughs> wow. If I could describe them in one word, it would be trash. Trash. Have I mentioned trash? 
That was a great comment, Luke. Thank you very much. How do we feel and am I going to be the lone defender? No, um, I think I think I think they're good for like a little bit. Like they get really tiring after a while. Oh, I mean, sure. I think like I watched a whole. I think I've watched like a whole season of like the British version of like Love Island or something. But that's different because they all have funny accents, so it's like <laughs> it's, it's easy to it watch. It really helps. Yeah. Yeah. But like, I don't know. Once you know the people and they. The drama kind of repeats itself and just kind of get you know it doesn't get as interesting anymore. But yeah, I don't know. They're fine, I guess. I mean, they're not good. They're not fine, but I can watch them for a few minutes, few episodes. I don't know. Yeah. With your attention span, sure. that's pretty impressive. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what about you, Jaden? What's going on in your brain there? I mean, like, it, it depends on your definition of real. Like, like I think there are, like, you know, your, your, your bachelors, your big brothers, your, 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 your the block and shit. Like, I, right, right. I, I can't, I can't yeah, stand I, those. Yeah, I see where you're going. And like, um, like, and like talent shows as well. Like, I can't, I can't stand like, you know, the boys and X Factor and shit. Like, I, I just don't care. But like, um, like, there's this show called like Taskmaster, which is this British comedy show. And like, I'm not sure if you would classify that as a reality show. I mean, like, I, I guess in a sense it is. I guess it's like, but like, it's like. I I really appreciate that, and like I think that I think that's brilliant. But like you know, like like you know any like the, the any any of like you know your dating or talent ones, shit house. Mm-hmm. I thought you were going to draw the comparison from those competition ones. Liam has something to say. Oh yeah. Oh. Oh, I shit. actually thought of something uh, while Jane was speaking. Um, <laughs> I, I just love that you use that feature, by the way. <laughs> Because so, yeah. you could have put your hand up on the camera and we would have seen. Yeah, I mean, actually. yeah, I could have done that. Yeah. Anyway, um, <laughs> Survivor. Survivor used to be like I, I didn't, I forgot that that's reality TV. But Survivor used to be like one of my favorite shows. I used to watch the American version of Survivor like all the time. I think Survivor's great in America. The Australian one was shit. I hate it when everyone liked the Australian one because it's just they're just not as dramatic and not not as good at the game but um but yeah american survivor is good because the drama is put into a like a system like a game system which is really doesn't it's i mean it's i guess it, you repeat the same thing but it's like it's a different thing every time with like the tribes and like the amount of votes and yeah survivor is great i don't know I if i watched it today but yeah what what was the ABC like three like kids version of like Survivor Scorpion Island was it? Do you got did you guys ever watch oh, that? Uh, that, was, that was quality. Yeah. Actually, that that, that brings me to another like like would you classify a Wipeout or something like that as a, as a reality TV show? Hmm. No, it's, it's not more like the. I mean, I guess it is by definition. Yeah, but not and, that, and that's why, like, yeah, right. yeah, it's, yeah, it's a good point actually. Mm. Wipeout's good fun. I mean, it gets a bit old. Yeah. yeah. For sure. Like, how many times do you see people do crazy flips off the balls or whatever? You'd have to call, like, Millionaire Hot Seat in a reality show as well, then. Because they're, they're, like, game shows, I guess. Mm, okay. Yeah. I guess Survivor fits into that a bit. But... Then you're sort of thinking, like, yeah, The Voice and X Factor and shit, is that not a reality show? Because that's a talent show. Yeah, yeah. Talent shows, that, that, yeah. That's right. why, like, my question was reality talent show, like, to try and, like, encompass, encompass both of them, but, yeah. Oh, yeah. It's tricky. Yeah. It's tricky. I'm surprised no one's brought up like the obvious thought of reality shows here, other than maybe Love Island. But the Kardashians, 
etc. Oh. Right? Mm. Kardashians, that's something that's never come up on like Australian TV or anything for me. Like I've never. It's on, like, um, it's on E, isn't it? On Fox. I've like. watched many hours. E. Yeah. You know, entertainment. Oh, like. Yeah. Like, like E Network. Fox Star Channel. Yeah. Oh, right. But no, I get what you're saying. You sort of have to seek it out. Yeah, yeah. I've never seen, yeah. Yeah. Wait, so you've watched many hours? Or is that many, many hours. Many hours. Really? I have. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yes. Um, I mean, like, I actually sort of, before I work my way around to saying the obvious of like, yes, they're often actual trash. I agree. Like, I think the surface level of this is, is that most of the time, a lot of the time they're trash and I you get, I, I find them guilty pleasures. I find them enjoyable. They're just fun, light entertainment. And that's totally harmless, you know, whatever. That's totally fine. Um, but I also kind of think about it a little. And that's sort of how I view the Kardashians, you know. Like, I've seen a lot of it, and it's just like, these people have got like non-existent problems that are, that are somehow skewed in in this alternate reality to be a problem, you know what I mean, or to be an issue of some sort. So, like, that, I find that trash, but, like, I can see it as just, dude, mindless entertainment, whatever. When we start mm. talking about shows like The Bachelor, um, I enjoy those a lot too. I enjoy and like Married at First Sight on right now. Like I enjoy those a lot more, and I sort of, I don't think they're good by any means, especially as you know, because they're obviously are very highly produced and like, and like as someone who appreciates editing, my point is is that I can see there's a craft to executing a reality show properly, and especially when you're watching Married at First Sight and. I, I've read so many news articles that I find really interesting about how long the shoots take and they do the actual wedding like eight times um, to get all the footage and how basically they're crafting these stories in the edits. I find really interesting and creating drama out of nothing just based on how you, where you put someone's facial reaction that was actually like three hours earlier inserted into this moment, which it's like total nonsense in terms of quote unquote reality. But right. in terms of actually crafting like a story and entertainment for people, I sort of appreciate it. That's why. Um, that's why I hate it. Craft because I hate how yeah. how be like because like it, it it pisses me off like how how how, how like you know you you appreciate how producers, but that that's what it, that's what pisses me off because people don't recognize that like you know the majority oh, of the audience yeah. don't recognize that and like you know like 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 the fact that like like you know when you've got like people like oh, uh, I'm not gonna go into examples because I don't want to like call out my family but like it's it's just hard man. <laughs> Uh, like, oh, come on, Jane, expose them all. <laughs> nah. Do it. But you bringing up the, the yeah, no, I get it. You you bring up like the Kardashians like does like make me like go like dive into my memory like because like, I used to like watch a lot of shit like that with like my mom like you know like the Hills or like Vanderpump Rules or, like Long Island yes. Medium. Oh, Vanderpump Rules for sure. <laughs> yeah. And like I, I can't, and, like 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 as like as like I I I dig my brain like I, I realize how much of that I've consumed like oh holy shit. Yeah, I feel like every human being, except I don't know, maybe not Fitzy, but like a lot of human beings out there have consumed of way more of it than they think they have. I've yeah. never heard of um, Vanderpump Hills or whatever you said. It's a spin-off of the Real Housewives of Beverly Hills. A spin-off. So it's like yeah, yeah, because she she a restaurant, right? She owned a restaurant, and they just made a, a fucking exactly. reality show about like the employees at the restaurant. Exactly. Didn't yeah, they do the same thing the with like wives. the uh, with the Kardashians, where like they made Dash? Like, I mean, it was about like the, oh, the employees done, like, of the stores or whatever. Yeah, yeah, they've um, done the employees of the stores. They've done like the life of the goddamn youngest son and his girlfriend or whatever. Like, yeah, I, 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 I feel it. Yeah, yeah. 
Did, didn't like Chloe, like Kardashian, have like one where like she like um, like didn't she have like a movie one? I swear she, she had one. A, she has a fitness one for sure. I haven't heard about this one. I swear she has one like where like she has like a few guests on and like I uh, 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 hold on. Oh, oh, maybe. I swear. One of them, I think it's oh Jesus, I don't know. They all got the same name, but one of them for sure has like a Biggest Loser one. Oh, Biggest Loser, I remember that show. So, this this goes deep, man. There's so many reality shows out there. Mm. Biggest loser, yeah. That hasn't been on in a while. Yeah, it doesn't even exist anymore. And it's just always the same, like, I don't know. I mean, they're all always the same. I shouldn't just specify <laughs> biggest loser for that. Every every person has either one of two arcs. They either are able to do the exercise or not. So that's basically it. <laughs> like, and not like, yeah. I appreciate there's a bit more nuance, but you know what I mean? Yeah, I mean, I like Survivor because it's like, you know, different teams and like there's always like there was this character, repeating character on the show like Rob or something and he used to always like, you know, outsmart people, get idols and like, you know, be ruthless and try, to try and get people out and it's about strategy as well. If you form enough connections, like by the end, the people who are on the tribe in the end will vote for you. So... Because, like, at the end, there's, like, three people and, like, whoever gets the most votes from the last kind of 10 people who are out or, like, 12 people who are out wins. So it's about, like, if you backstab too many people, you might get mm-hmm. far in the game, might get to the final three, but you won't get the most votes. So it's all about, like, personality and, like, strategy and, like, teams. Like, yeah, it's fun. It's good fun. That does sound fun. That does sound fun. Because I always – I do really enjoy the backstabbing and the concept of, like – totally lying to someone and then doing the opposite like that's just really cool <laughs> mm. but but yeah no you're right like it, it that never really seems to get anyone to number one ever all right yeah you just gotta oh like, i don't know, have you ever seen that oh yeah yeah more? like people who have like done that have i think they've won like i think oh okay rob's there's rob and there's like a cousin of rob i don't know i can't remember the names but <laughs> cousin of rob <laughs> yeah but uh there was this one season Brains versus Brawns versus Beauty. That was really fun. And all the earlier seasons, like before that, it was like, um... Oh, they were the Survivor survivor teams. Yeah, yeah. You start with three teams and then there's they merge right, into it. two. And then there's one team. There was this... Oh, there was this season of Survivor, um, like Redemption or something. And um, there was this one guy who always used to win challenges, so... Earlier on, your t- if, if your team wins a challenge, you don't go to the, the you know, where you vote people out, the, um, whatever it's called. Oh, it's called. the campfire or whatever. Yeah, the campfire with Jeff, uh, whatever his name is. Um, <laughs> Jeff. <laughs> with Jeff, yeah. Um, but, but yeah, w- once you get to one team, it's individual. So if you win the challenge for yourself, you get immunity, so you can't get voted out. And this one guy won like five times in a row or whatever. And uh, but once you get voted out, you go to this island in this one season, and if you win enough, you're able to come back into it. And he like kept winning, and so he like got to the final three and like won or something. But yeah, so you can win by like physical uh, means as well. So yeah, Survivor's was good, man. Right, it's good. Right, that's good. Have you? Do you watch these all like, as they were coming out, or is this something that you got yeah. into the backlog of at some point? No, they're all on like go and like every Thursday or whatever. Oh yeah, yeah cool. Yeah, yeah. Because I've never actually considered. I assume people obviously do it and can do it, but like 
the concept of streaming these reality shows and have it binging them. Mm. You know, I think I've done that a bit, but first yeah, of all, we had to watch and married at first. No, we had to watch an episode of The Bachelorette at school because the teacher liked it and like she was like, "We'll do some creative what? writing exercise on it." I was like, "Fuck me!" Oh my lord! Just because she liked it, wow. No, I mean, like, like, like it was, she, she had more of a reason to that, but, like, that was the essence of it. I mean, like, she, she liked it. And she <laughs> she wanted, made an she, excuse around that. She wanted to chat about it with the kids, so she's like, here, watch this, and then we can, we'll, we'll do some shit with it. And, like, that annoyed me to no end. Like, like, because, like, it was more than just, like, like so many teachers and, like, so many kids, at, like, as well. Like, it just surprised me how much they were into it. Totally. Totally. It shocks me the amount of times yeah. of experiences I've had of sitting in class and, like, Three people behind me, like yo, you watched The Bachelorette. I know, I know. And it's, it's like, like we went to a boys' school as well, like, like all boys' school. So like that, that as well is what shocked me about it. Like, and like, yeah, you know, and they remember it's characters and shit. And I was like, what the fuck? It's crazy. Mm. I mean, it's nice to see because you know it's it, it's good to see, but like you know, it yeah. just it annoyed me how much it got, how much it 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 was brought up in class. Yeah, no, yeah, totally. I, I hadn't thought about that at all until this moment, but it's really funny. Well, that's probably like the longest we've spent on a question yeah. of the show, but I, I thought it, it was great. It was quality. That's it for this week's episode of Cinema Effect, everyone. Thank you for tuning in. Fitzy, next week's film is? Next week, The Founder, uh, which is yeah. on Netflix. It's about the guy who started McDonald's, I guess, I think, yeah. And uh, yeah, we're doing it because yeah. something that Zach's seen and we haven't both seen something different. So yeah, check yeah. that out. Michael Keaton, is you it? guys are gonna love it as a piece of capitalist propaganda. It's gonna be great. <laughs> nah, it's really not. It's actually like it's like a criticism, really. I guess actually, I can't. Yeah, you know, I guess it is. Yeah, I hadn't really thought about it, but yeah. Anyways, anyways, thanks everyone for tuning in. I think that's it. There's. Yeah, no, that's yeah, that's all I say here. All right, yep. appreciate you, you two. That I can see now, we can actually wave and appreciate Bye. you this way. Thank, thank you, <laughs> thank you for being with me, talking shit. Have a great rest of your week, everyone. They can't see me, so there's no point in me waving at them. I'm gonna, yeah, we'll figure. Yeah. That'll remain unknown to everyone. And yeah, goodbye, everyone. Thank you. <laughs>